Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Make refreshing changes throughout your home this fall and save by starting with Lowe's. Add new appliances and get deals like up to 35% off select appliance special values, including a 24.7 cubic foot Whirlpool French door refrigerator, just $15.99. Show your home's true colors with a new coat of paint and save on top-rated one-coat paints from HGTV Home by Sherwin-Williams, starting at just $35.98 a gallon every day. Whatever projects you have on your to-do list, do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Appliance offer valid through 1023, U.S. only. Good evening, afternoon, whenever you're listening, everybody, and welcome as the Rattledge Broadcasting Network, along with the W2M Network, present the kickoff here, a feature presentation on a very special edition of the kickoff. The Bicycle Man, <laughs> on the Bicycle Man episode of the kickoff. You guys, are, you, guys too, you guys are too young to know about the Bicycle Man. I am I'm your host. Sure it's familiar to me because, but then again, I listen to Raised by TV or I used to, so whatever. <clears throat> One of these days I'll get through this intro. I'm your host. My name is Harry Broadhurst. Joining me, as per usual, the producer turned co host, Eric Watkins. Yeah, why, why is basketball got to try and steal all the headlines now? Freaking China. And like to, like, it's like trying to send a basketball game to North Korea. Oh, wait, we did send a basketball person to North Korea. Well, but I mean, hey, think of it this way. At least they're openly admitting things. It's not like Kansas in a state of denial. Hey, you watch yourself there, Watkins. Hey, they invited Snoop Dogg. Snoop Dogg knew what he was getting into, and so did they. All I'm going to say about that, hashtag oh, wish I was there. Oh, no, that part I wasn't surprised by. I'm still more concerned about the NCAA violations that might be coming down, but that's more of a topic for our March Madness edition of the kickoff that we do, which we call the tip-off around here. Also joining us is the chairman of the W2M Network, and would you be the chairman of Rattledge Broadcasting as well? Like, how would that work, Jason? Teasley? I'm, I'm, the, I'm the prodigal son of the Rattledge Broadcasting Network, who is very graciously... Um, able to bail us out and, you know, uh, give us a producer for this show and my former co-host on from the Cheap Seats, Jesse Starcher. So definitely want to give Jesse a, a good shout out for stepping in and uh, filling the void as producer due to Bisco having uh, a kind of a emergency. Him and Tori uh, suffered the loss of their dog and, you know, Bisco, we are hard. Our hearts and thoughts are with you, Bisco, as you know, you mourn the loss of your fur baby. Yes, a little bit more of a heads up would have been appreciated, but understandably, Brandon's not up to doing the show tonight, so we're going to forgive him this time. Yeah, for this kind of a situation, he gets a pass. I mean, besides, it's not like this would give us the ability to pander for anything special or to put in some extra teases for a separate podcast that's going on. So, because that would just be callous. Because he's black and I'm Irish. Coming 2020. 
<laughs> and I'm going to be off sitting somewhere in a corner playing with myself, I guess, because nobody cares whether I want to be on more shows. I already have too many podcasts as it is anyway. All right. So um, we have a couple of things to discuss real quick. Brandon actually did pass along show topics. So let's go ahead and discuss Brandon's show topics real quick here. And then you guys can give your thoughts on these. And then we'll move on into our own personal formatting here. Let me find his stuff here. All right. So his stud for the week was Deshaun Watson. Uh, 53 to 32 victory for Houston over Atlanta. Thanks for nothing, Atlanta. Greatly appreciate it. Yes, some bitches. But Watson, what was it? Five touchdown passes or the, four touchdown passes and a rushing touchdown? No, he was the first player in NFL history to throw for 400 yards and five touchdowns while throwing fewer than five incompletions in a game. 28 for 32, if I remember correctly. Jesus. It's because he's black. And he has an offensive line for once. He might also potentially be Irish. Coming this fall. Coming. This is why I'm not a part of the new show, I guess. <laughs> that and the fact <laughs> would have to be inebriated for it to work. But that's a whole story for another day. That there's there's that too. Um his, where did his dud go? I know it was in the group chat. I just saw it, but now I can't his find da, it. His dud is the um Kansas City Chiefs that he didn't give us a heads up. But his actual dud is the Kansas City Chiefs who dropped the nineteen thirteen decision to the Indianapolis Colts on Sunday night football. Hey, hey Brandon, what time is it? Oh wait, you're not here. <laughs> oh, uh, and and that Colts team had a lot of key defensive players out. I know. One of those was on my fantasy team, too. Uh, we do an IDP in one of the other leagues that I'm in. And my my IDP, my usual starter for individ, individual defensive player, is Darius Leonard. And he was out with a concussion, suffered the week prior. Yeah, but then, uh, as you saw going in or throughout that game, the Chiefs as a whole were starting to turn into a little bit of a mass unit themselves. So. Uh, it's going to be interesting the next couple of weeks coming up for them. We'll discuss okay. his show that happened once we actually get to that part of the show. But for now, we open the show how we traditionally do now that Brandon's are out of the way. It's time for Studs and Duds. Eric Stud. You know, there's a little old team in Texas. They used to run the triple option offense. Times were great. They were on the verge of national championships. Then I was born. Then the very next year, they got the death penalty. Turns out they really couldn't get away with paying players like they thought. But that's another story. That's the last time that team was relevant. Until now. For the first time since 86, the SMU Mustangs were ranked. They went into a conference game, specifically a division, against Tulsa needing a win to stay undefeated. Through the magical arm of James Prochet II, who caught the game-winning touchdown pass in, was it triple overtime, if I remember? Triple overtime. The undefeated season remains, and SMU remains in the rankings. For seeing that play and for capping off that drive, and giving an extra boost to Texas transfer Shane Michelle, 
Crochet, good sir, you are my stud. God, that was a and, hell of a catch. And if, yeah, I was just about to say, if you have not seen the catch that Prochet made in order to win that game in triple overtime, do yourself a favor and YouTube it because it is arguably the best catch in college football this year. It's not only a catch in college football, he was so adamant about making it, he actually would have had the catch in the NFL as well. Both feet down. Jason oh, Studd. Okay. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> well, I just want to, you know, give a little shout out to a special person while I'm naming my stud. Did you guys know how you, you know, the best way to spell Dallas is with back-to-back L's? As, you know, my stud told me that. It's Aaron Jones from the Green Bay Packers who rushed for a mind-boggling 182 yards total offense, 107 on the ground with four touchdowns. He went into Jerry World, bitch smacked Dallas. You know, that's what happens when Dallas starts actually playing winning record teams. And he said, Zeke, eat my nuts. I'm pretty sure that the Green Bay Packers own the Cowboys or Cowgirls. And Sports, Sports Illustrated just called and said they still have VHS uh, tapes of Dallas's last Super Bowl on clearance. Did you see the pic- the sketch artist photo of Aaron Rodgers that came out after the game? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, he, it comes out every a- after every game that Dallas Dallas plays Green Bay Green Bay. Wow, I sound like a hick right there. Green Bay. That uh, <laughs> that, that picture Virginia, that picture shows up so. Wanted, yeah. wanted under the charge of killing 53 Cowboys. Yeah. Uh, uh, no, it, this t- no, this that, time- that weird noise you heard was my sheep saying no. <laughs> this particular time, though, it would be Aaron Jones who would be wanted in the murder of 53 Cowboys there. Four rushing touchdowns for Jones. Most of them, though, were short distance ones, so he didn't have a ton of yards. But when you score four times, your yardage total really doesn't matter. Exactly. Well, I mean, look at your look at Jerome Bettis, the one the hit during his retirement year. Yeah, five carries for a yard, but he told everybody, "Hold my nuggets," as he ran for three touchdowns. I mean, still, I mean, he had 182 total yards. I mean, that's impressive from anybody. He was a leading rusher and leading receiver. So, I mean, and four touchdowns. Wait, so, wait, I wait, mean, wait. Speaking <laughs> of. Speaking of NFL leading rushers and receivers, segue. My stud for the week, and all due apologies to Eric in advance for this, mm. is run CMC. Carolina Panther Christian McCaffrey. Who boy, Eric. Look, I- I'm going to say this now. Run CMC is the only man on the planet who can outdo the magic that is Florida, man. I think you're right. He may not be human. That's all I'm saying. Jason found a stat that I'm going to share with you guys that is absolutely mind-boggling, and then I'm actually going to one-up one up it just slightly. Jason, you ready? I'm ready. The Miami Dolphins on the season have 900 combined yards of total offense. Christian McCaffrey has 866. It gets better. 
the Jets are somewhere around the 850 mark. <laughs> well, I mean, this is what happened. I want Sam, I warned you. You got to do some things first. You can't randomly walk around in a my world of shenanigans not knowing any better. I warned you. McCaffrey, excuse me, scores four times for Carolina. A pair of field goals as well, and a 34-27 victory for Carolina over Eric's Jacksonville Jaguars. And those he were, one of those touchdowns for like 80-plus yards. 84-yard broke it from his own 16. The one the, go ahead, Eric. 175 total yards from scrimmage in four of the team's first five games. That hasn't been done since, I want to say, 63? <laughs> they showed a stat on Monday Night Football, one of the times that I flipped over when I was watching Roth. They showed a stat that McCaffrey's total, it might have been on the Sunday Night game, actually, McCaffrey's total for all-purpose yards is the second highest in NFL history through five games, trailing only Jim Brown. That's insanity. Again, if he why he isn't the early MVP favorite, it just stuns me. Because Carolina's three and two, and imagine what they would be without him. Uh, in fairness, though, most of the NFC is three and two, so there's that. Not to mention, we're two and three, and thanks to a couple of other results, we're still in it in the AFC South. Speaking of the AFC South. Segway part two. I mentioned the team that Jacksonville played this week. Eric, your dud focuses on the team that Buffalo played this week. Ah, yes. An extra tie-in because he was a former Chiefs kicker. Now we just may as well say that he is a former NFL kicker because the one, the only, the Brazilian. Cairo Santos. You know, if you miss a kick, your team can still recover. You're having a little bit off day. You miss two kicks and you have an issue. You miss four kicks, you're going to be out of a job. That's exactly what Cairo Santos did. Now, granted, Tennessee didn't have really the best of days otherwise because, well, Buffalo's defense is Buffalo's defense. But still, you pretty much have one job, and you can't even do that. Cairo Santos, you're my dud. And Tennessee, prepare to double-doink yourselves. That's all I'm saying. The Tennessee Titans have signed Cody Parkey as their new kicker. Dun, dun, dun! Extra dramatic. Dramatic. It's extra dramatic reverb in this. Jason Dud. Well, my dud is um. Well, I I, I don't even know where to start with how my dud is. I, I I would love to say it's because of um the quarterback play, because you know the quarterback in Tampa Bay sucks donkey dicks. But you know what? Last week they played lights out, and Mike Evans went off. For like a billion yards and twenty-seven thousand receptions and seventeen billion touchdowns, 
This week, he laid a goose egg. On three targets, he posted zero catches. So, I, I feel uh, like there's a I feel like there's a Fanduel story coming out of this. Did he screw you in a couple of Fanduel leagues? No, he said he totally screwed screwed me in my big money fantasy football league. Who Ooh. him and Greg Greg Olson, who both posted goose eggs for me, and I lost by five points. Both of them had great games last week. Both of them post goose eggs this week. And for that, Mike Evans, I mean, come on, bro. We know Winston isn't the greatest quarterback, but, you know, to go over on uh, – he didn't, he didn't throw three Aaron balls. That I'm sure athlete to be able to catch something. My dud for the week. My dud for the week takes us to the world of college football. And I missed the NFL preview edition of the kickoff, but I was here for the college football preview edition of the kickoff. And when I was here for the college football preview edition of the kickoff, I made a very bold prediction about the Big Ten. I made a very bold prediction specifically about the Big Ten East because my Big Ten West prediction can still come true. Mm-hmm. My prediction for the Big Ten East was that Michigan State was going to win the Big Ten East. Why do I feel like this is Auburn all over again? You shut your whore mouth, Watkins. <laughs> Michigan State has a nationally televised primetime opportunity to take control of the East against Ohio State and goes out and gets absolutely decimated 34 to 10. What the hell, Sparty? Come on! You should have known better when they lost to Arizona State again. No, it's also foreshadowing. Oh. Dun-dun-dun for later in the show? Dun, 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 dramatic reverb later in the show, foreshadowing. Robot Very well. Voice. The issue that I have with Sparty here is you got to think with the amount of talent, the amount of expectations that are in Michigan State right now, D'Antonio's job has to be on the line at the rest of the season, right? Yeah, it's one of those that's up there. Not to mention he's being named in a couple of lawsuits with some shadiness going on, even with other schools. So, uh, yeah. Come on, Sparty. I can understand losing a close game. You're on the road at Ohio State. All right, it is what it is. I get it. But you didn't even try. Well, what do you really expect from a guy named Lewerke? Poor Brian. No, no, poor Brian. You suck, Brian. Exactly. I don't think of a guy named Brian Lewerke as, oh, a competent quarterback in a Big Ten, really former, trying to be whatever you could call a powerhouse. I think more guy like at a Staples or other sort of office supply store, stocking in the back. (laughs) For those wondering, we are accepting sponsorships, Staples, just so you know. Hey, hey, it can be easy. It can be easy. 
and there could be a button involved. And it's easy like Sunday morning. Because we're easy. All right, let's move on. Hey, Eric. Yeah, yes. So, that happened. Okay. Since I mentioned basketball earlier in the show, have either of you seen the movie Semi-Pro? With Will Ferrell. I've seen bits and pieces of it, never watched the full film. Okay, so you remember more later on in the movie, he gets knocked unconscious in one of the games. The rest of the tropics are looking down at him, knowing that they really have to get him off the court. One of the guys asks, hey, where's the stretcher? Another guy goes, there is no stretcher. What is special, the- special guest appearance. I'm not sure where that's coming from. It's not over here. Not over here. I don't hear nothing. I I hear what sounds like an elderly lady yelling at somebody. And a dog. Uh, it might be my uh, it might be my wife through the house yelling. Babe, they say you sound like an elderly lady hollering at dogs. They who? Continue. That was just Harry. Continue. I'm going to go ahead and find the number for that bus you threw me under, and revenge shall be mine. Continue, Eric. Anyway, so one of the other guys says, well, we don't have a stretcher. Jackie sold it. So they pretty much had to lift him up and carry him off the court so he could try to be treated for injury. You think something like that could never happen in real life until Sunday. Dateline, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. It was The game was going innocently enough. The Steelers were looking to mount a drive. All the offense was finally starting to work. And then it happened. Bam! Mason Rudolph knocked out Cole. And then you had the team I mean, gathering around. Go ahead. I mean, in fairness, he did take a helmet right to the jawbone. Yeah, and with the angle of the helmet now, his tilted, yeah, it was bad. So you have the usual gathering around, making sure everything's okay, taking all possible precautions, removing his face mask like you do. But then something suspicious happened. He's up, he's talking to everyone, and then he's being kind of walked slash carried off the field. And you're wondering, for someone who's knowingly going to go into concussion protocol, why would you have this happen? Where's the stabilizer? Where's all all the other different things? It turns out... Where's the cart? Well, the cart was there, and you pan over, and you see two of the equipment staff pushing said cart off the field because... It broke down in front of everybody, right on the field, about 20 yards away. (laughs) If that's not a metaphor for the Steelers' offense this year, I don't know what is. Well, I'm just going to throw this out there so everybody, just to brighten everybody's day, 
Um, if nobody knows who Jordan Grace is, go look her up. She's amazing, and she's super hot. Continue. You're just now learning about Jordan. Anyway, back to what um, Eric. No, has- no, I just got I just got uh, a message on her Instagram that I follow, and yeah. Eric, you mentioned semi-pro. I can one-up that for the Mason Rudolph reference. And yes, it's going to be me being the unfamily-friendly one right now. You ready? This is rare. I'm listening. Uh, Have you seen the Longest Yard remake with Adam Sandler? Most of it, yes. All right, then you should be able to tee up this line properly here. I got a bird. His name's Frankie. Didn't see that part. That's why I said most of it. Well, okay, so there's a character on, 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 the, on the movie named Brucie, and Brucie's very effeminate. And after Brucie takes a hit from, I want to say it was the character portrayed by Bill Goldberg, Brucie says, I got a bird, his name's Frankie, to which the character caretaker portrayed by Chris Rock states, yeah, well, when you wake up, you can tell Frankie you got knocked the fuck out. <laughs> Just say it. Jason, so that happened. Well, my so that happened is um, goes into to a little bit of division rivalry for, for me and Visco and even Sean, which happens to be the Washington Redskins firing Gruden as the head coach. We all knew it was going to happen. And after an 0-5 start, we all seen it happen. Uh, I, as a joke, uh, from since we are recording with a producer from uh, RIB and my former co-host, I'm from the Cheap Seats. I do not mention the team name of that team from Washington because I want to be politically correct and woke. It's a long-standing joke that goes back five years. Some people may get it, some might not. I don't give a fuck. Uh, but yeah, Washington, you're, you're a dumpster fire team and you fire the head coach because you started out 0-5. How about, you know, going a little bit further up the ladder and firing the fucking general manager that won't bring you talent in or draft a fucking quarterback that played one year at Ohio State and is more concerned about his taking pictures of yourself for Instagram sitting on the sideline and studying a playbook or watching the fucking game. Oh, okay. Little bit of history. Believe it or not, that wasn't even the general manager. That was from the great incompetent one who should have had no business whatsoever owning the Redacteds or any other NFL franchise at the tender age of 34. Snyder himself wanted Haskins. The team and Gruden did not. They knew better. Snyder took control of that draft board. The rest is history. Can we fire the owner? I would like to. No, seriously. Can we? <laughs> seriously, can we get Daniel Snyder the fuck out of the NFL? Look, I mean, if you have the Redskins fans who cared enough, because I mean, they're definitely not showing up at Landover. I mean, if you get together at what is going to be for now RFK to do a great big massive protest, we'll see what happens. 
Brandon, I'm so that, miss that stadium when it's gone. Brandon, <laughs> so that happened was the injuries be plaguing the Giants going into tonight's game against the New England Patriots. Jason, do you care to comment? I mean, it's not like uh, if these players played, you were beating New England anyway. Ah, uh, well, you know this 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 show title will be called foreshadowing because I've got a little something for you on a. Are you serious? And I've got a stat that's going to back that up. He is losing his ever love time this week. So, well, you know, I'm the prodigal son returning, so we might as well come back like a hurricane. Not a mind hurricane, because because we we I might actually do something and can score. Uh, Well, I mean, they scored. They scored plenty against Virginia Tech. They just allowed too big of a head start to the Hokies. Called it. Um, but uh, as as the only official uh, Giants fan on the podcast tonight, because we are recording this before Thursday night football, um, I think uh, Gettleman signed two Uber drivers and a Taco Bell drive-through worker to play uh, in tonight's game at running back and receiver. And the and they signed a paper boy to play tight end because we are seriously bit by the injury bug, and we're facing probably one of the top teams in the NFL. But as a foreshadowing, I've got something for you a little later on talking about that. Dun dun dun! Traumatic reverb. Even though fuck the both of you. Yeah. Eric, I'm sorry if you tried to fuck me. I'd be, I'd be scared, of, especially seeing, seeing the reviews on your Family videos. show! Actually, tonight we're kind of not a family show. That's fair. There's no brain here. <laughs> and, anyway. And there's no, and, and technically, we're in syndication. We're not on W2M tonight. Well, uh, we'll end up back there eventually. Regardless, back to what I was going to say here for my show that happened maybe <laughs> so <laughs> anyway so we talked about this a little bit last week when the suspension came down for Pontes Burfick and we said the question is is will Roger Goodell have the balls to back up that suspension shockingly the answer is yes the NFL upholds Vontez Burfick's suspension for the hit on Jack Doyle two weeks ago when Oakland played Indianapolis. Burfick is officially suspended for the rest of the season. Maybe this could be a warning to all these defenders out in the NFL who think they can constantly get away with these kind of cheap shots. Jonathan Jones. Or, the warning, to, or a warning to people in the NFL who think that their behavior is a gigantic asshole. We'll play well with everybody. Baker Mayfield. Antonio Brown. See, you took mine. I was waiting for Eric to stop talking. <laughs> I'm sorry, Jason. Not really. You ogre, you ogre-looking motherfucker. <laughs> Careful, yeah, he'll call you and eat you your like, bone. Yeah, Unless you can answer my questions. Oh, wait, that's trolls. Never mind. Although I guess I kind of am a troll on this show, too. Hi, Steven! <laughs> Regardless, 
hopefully this is a sign that the NFL and the NFL Players Association are going to take more seriously these kind of offenses in the future when you're putting people's physical well-being on the line. Uh, did the hit on Mason Ru- Rudolph, the red-nosed quarterback, did that, did that garner a suspension or a fine? Not from what I saw. It was illegal. It was a legal hit. Yeah. He hit, him, he hit him on the chin with the top of his helmet. What are you talking about? No, it was more like towards the shoulder, but the reason he was knocked out was because the way his helmet turned, it kind of cut off something temporarily. That's why he just... Yeah, it was It was not a direct hit to the face or helmet. No. It was like, it was like a freak accident, in all honesty. I know Jonathan Jones wasn't suspended for what he did. I, I do think he heard from the NFL's office, though, as far as a fine. I think he got fined like $25,000 for the hit on uh, Josh Allen. Yeah, but then the great Belichick himself spoke up about it, so that's why it wasn't worse. Well, of course Belichick's going to defend his, his player. I mean, I would give him credit for doing that, even if he's done so incorrectly in the past, i.e. Tom Brady in the Deflategate situation. Regardless. All right, let's move on. That's so that happened. Um, I honestly don't really have any questions lined up here because usually I, I work on those while we're going over our stats and stuff, but we didn't really have time to do that this week. Okay. Well, let's let's just have a open forum to ask ask a question to each other. Very well, I'm fine with that. I, I'm sure I can think of something in the downtime. Eric, Jason, uh, apparently you want to go first, so by all means, feel free to do so. All right. My question is um, during during this past game, uh, I don't know if you guys guys caught any highlights or anything during the West Virginia Texas game, but uh, what what just curious, what is the definition for targeting? Uh, it has it, to be to the head or neck area. Unprotected player, head or neck area with noticeable force. So leading with the crown of your helmet is not targeting? See, that depends because if a player, if an offensive player leans down into the shot, then it's not targeting because we've seen no defense, defensive player, lowers head, crown of helmet, middle of the chest. See, if it's to the chest, it's not targeting. No. If you lead with the crown of your helmet, it is is considered targeting. The reason why I ask this is because the officiating crew in Morgantown that that officiated this game uh, does not does not uh, like to throw flags on any site of um, le- uh, player leading with their head. If they had, you would have seen the first ever kicker ejected from a game due to a sideline hit that happened in the first quarter of the West Virginia Texas game. My question is: Would that be the best thing ever? For the brand, if a kicker got ejected from the game in the first quarter? That would have been the ultimate boomstick. I mean, honestly, it would be a bit of a bad look in hindsight. But looking at it, yeah, yeah. 
hold on. I'm trying to figure out how the fuck a kicker would hit somebody hard enough for it to be considered targeting. <laughs> it was on. A, it was on a kick return. Uh, player running down the sideline. Kicker led with his head to the about the collarbone area, top of his helmet. He had no idea how to tackle, so he just speared the guy with the top of his helmet, and it was not targeting. Goldberg. Goldberg. I'm going to try to find the... Um, now, which, which team's kicker did it, is the question. Texas. Texas. Oh, never mind. Because I was about to say, if it was a if West, it was the West Virginia Texas. kicker, then it's definitely for the brand. Exactly. My yeah. point exactly. All right, Eric, and, you got a question? And, and what's even better, you know what the kicker's name is? Patrick? Dicker the kicker. <laughs> oh, Cody Dicker. He's the one that won the Red River last year, which, ironically enough, it's Red River week this year, right as we're about to record this year. This Saturday is Red River Saturday. He won last year's Red River rivalry game with a walk-off field goal at the end of the game. Yeah, and I know that I happen to know for a fact that Red River will be talked about a little bit later on in the show. Traumatic reverb. Potentially pick-stealing reverb. Hey, at least I didn't go full-on Bisco and apologize. <laughs> Eric? You have a question? I I do. Now, you kind of talked about both of these games, and it, had it not been for spending company with a certain someone yesterday, I would have been still heartbroken to this very day. Well, then again, I mean, hmm, you have a woman like that who's able to lay on top of you. Eric? Okay, okay, all right. Jeez, man, are you really trying not to hit the over on this one? Come on now. But anyway. <laughs> I, I never gave an official number, and then he wouldn't have been here anyway, so it wouldn't have mattered. Touche. But with everything that was going on with my two teams, there was a fact that for the Jaguars, toe-to-toe with Run CMC, Kyle Allen, and the rest of the Panthers group, having a chance to win it on the last couple of throws of the game, they fall short. And then in the case of Miami, a quarterback changed with all people in Kosey Perry, who comes in, throws for over 400, also has a chance to tie it on the last couple of throws of the game, and then nothing. What is it with all these comebacks falling painfully short? Are they both trying to piss me off? What is going on here? Eric feels like his entire existence has been violated. <laughs> I really do. What's next? Uh, the Astros hit a walk-off grand slam to knock the Rays out of the playoffs? No. <laughs> DC grand... United loses an extra time? What gives? <laughs> no. Uh, grand slams and extra innings are trademark property of the Washington Nationals this year. I didn't say an extra innings. Could have been in the ninth. Would be in the ninth. It could be. That game's actually on right now as we're recording this. Part of the reason why. All right, I'm all right let's let's put this to a, let's put this to a vote then. Um, 
I don't think I actually need to say mine, but I will anyway. Eric experienced a couple of heartbreaking losses there. Let's actually do a getting to know the kickoff moment here. Jason, most heartbreaking loss you've personally seen your team suffer? Uh, NFL or NCAA? Take your pick. NCAA sitting on the 50-yard line. I think it was 06. No, it wasn't 06. Anyway, um, West Virginia ranked number two in the country. Uh, It's a backyard brawl. Uh, Pitt comes in. West Virginia is poised to blow out Pittsburgh and go on to face, I believe it was Ohio State for the national title when they would have whooped the shit out of them. Uh, And I sat on the 50-yard line in negative 10-degree weather, spitting snow and rain and ice and everything else, and watched as Rich Rodriguez coached his last game in West Virginia and... The Mountaineers lose the pit and fall out of the national championship game only to go on and kick the dog shit out of Oklahoma in the Fiesta Bowl. Eric, most personally dissatisfying loss that you've seen, the most painful loss that you've seen your team suffer, be it in person at the stadium or watching the game at home, because mine's a watching the game at home. Well, I was going to have, like, watching the game at home, thinking back to... Again, Ohio State, which, yeah, I would still punch that ref in the face to this very day because it wasn't a flag. But I will say this. This was about three might have been, oh, no, longer than that, about five years ago or so. My, really, my first Jaguars game Last home game of the regular season, I was there because my old job was doing a promotion. I remember that clear as a bell because one of our colors was red. So they gave everybody red shirts to wear. We were playing the New England Patriots. Now, granted, I didn't have a lot of hope to begin with because this was a battle of Chad Henney versus Tom Brady. So I figure, hey. I get to go to an NFL game, free food, free booze, only having to pay seven bucks. It would still be a great experience. But the shocking thing is we were actually um, I don't know what happened. I'm not sure either. I think Eric might have just shut down on us. So, I believe, I believe he did. Which is unfortunate because he was right in the middle of his of his comment about it. But what we can do is, we'll let Eric walk. There, there we down. go. All right, you cut off right as you were about to say you were in the middle of the game. Well, it was in the game we were going toe to toe, and then right towards the end, right late in the fourth quarter. Tom Brady does what he does, drives right down for a touchdown, scoring in the end zone right in front of me, 23-16 loss. And then I go back the next year to see a Jaguars-Titans game and another 23-16 loss on another late touchdown drive in that end zone yet again. Yeah. 
I don't know why I had false hope. Harry, what is your most painful memory regarding their way your team lost the game? Gee, I wonder. It's almost as if we just beat this team last weekend. Is it what I sent you the picture of? Yes, it is. Fuck you, Teasley. <laughs> the Music City Miracle. January 8th, 2000, Buffalo has just scored to take the lead in the wild card game. And barring an absolute miracle, we'll be advancing to the, semi, the, to the regional round, the divisional round of the playoffs. Basically, the semifinals of the conference. The ball is teed up. The ball is kicked. The ball lands in the hands of tight end Frank Wycheck. Frank Wycheck throws a forward pass. It was behind. It was a backwards pass. Kevin Dyson. The hell it was. And Kevin Dyson takes it the rest of the field as the Tennessee Titans take out the Buffalo Bills in what would be Buffalo's last postseason appearance until 2017. We would have beat you then too, fucking Titans. I would just like to point out that in the six times that the Titans have faced the Bills since, the Bills are 5-1. and one. All they had to do, all they had to do, Tennessee didn't have to win that game. Buffalo has to win. Buffalo comes here to Jacksonville. We beat them. Then we beat them again 18 years later. And we would have had the whole storyline of, oh, yeah, remember when the Jaguars made the Super Bowl? Guess how it all started. Fucking Tennessee. If it's any consolation, Eric. Despite being two and three this year, you're still only a game back in your division. True. But here's the thing about that season. We played the Titans three times. We lost to them three times. You know our record against everybody else in the NFL that year? Hold on. Let me do the math here real quick. Uh, 11 and 1. 15 and 0. Including the divisional round of the playoffs, Tennessee was the only team, only team we could not beat. Man, that trickster brought up bad memories for two of us. Then, way to why be an asshole, you, Jason. Why do you hey. think I agreed with you in saying it was a forward pass? Hey, it's what I'm here for to be the resident asshole. By the way, fuck you, Steven. I got, I got Tourette's. That's just, that's just in general here. All right, you guys. Here's my question for you. So we're through seven, or excuse me, six weeks of the college football season, five weeks of the NFL season. Hypothetically speaking here, do you think that a Alabama or an Ohio State could beat a Miami or a Cincinnati at this point in their careers? No. With the rosters that they have right now? No. no. See, I disagree. I think that 
honestly, with as poorly as Miami has played, with as little effort as Miami has shown, I think a call a high level college football team would give them a game. Traditionally, I would say no. I think Cincinnati would beat the hell out of either of those two teams. But I think Miami's at a point where they don't care anymore, and they don't care who knows that they don't care. But I think even with Miami, knowing this question has been posed, and Cincinnati has been in this very position before, dating back 20 years, yeah, the Bengals would have pride. But with Miami, even with the lack of, oh, shit. Well, so much for any even hope of that game with the Astros. I just got an update. Anyways, for even the lack of really caring, just for the fact that they would have so much superior athletic talent, because if you think about it like this, an Alabama team or even an Ohio State team, if they have a lot of the best guys in college, especially at key positions. But with a team like the Dolphins, they're trading away and they still have some of the best college guys at just about every position. So even with a lack of effort and coaching, I think that would make it closer. But with just the athletic ability, I think it would overcome that. With Cincinnati, it would be a total blowout. And with Washington, God only knows. <laughs> I now see why Eric is disappointed. I just got ESPN to load the score. Jason, your thoughts on the scenario? Uh, I know. I think, I think you're still playing men against boys despite anything that happens. I, I don't think any collegiate team would be able to even remotely hang with a professional team. Uh, the only thing you would have to win there is nothing. Uh, you would have grown men beating up on kids, uh, 18, 19, 20 year old kids that, and they would, they would take it personally. You see, uh, you would probably see a lot of, I mean, I do, I think it, it would, um, it, it would be a massacre. Yes, I think you would. It would be pretty much a flat out because the first time, the first series of the game, you would have uh, male egos dominating kids, and you would see cheap shots taken, and it would it would be really bad. It would be a PR nightmare, and it would be detrimental to any uh, collegiate athlete involved. Now, what would be interesting if they did? Because the NFL did do this before, although it was a very long time ago. We're talking 40s and 50s. Where had... I wonder if it was either the NFL champions or if it was just a randomly decided team. But they would have the team and play. Oh, Eric, you're, you're, Eric, you're cutting out really badly, dude. Just as a heads up. I don't even know how, because all I'm hearing is static, even when it's coming from my end of the phone. But is it better? Yeah, you're good now. I can actually okay. hear you. Okay, because what I was saying was back in going up through, and I think they canceled it in the early 60s, they had an NFL team, might have been the champions, I don't remember correctly, 
but they had that team play that year's like collegiate all star. Now, what I would like to see them do is say the team worked with the first overall draft pick rather than play like how you have your East West with the Senior Bowl, have a collegiate all star team play. I don't know what the fuck that is. Yeah, I don't know either, but he's cutting out bad. It sounds like a wind tunnel. But that's the exact sound that I even hear coming on my end. (laughs) All right, hold on. Let me try something here because it might be my fan. Hold on. Is it better now? Yes. Okay, yeah. Go ahead, Eric. So, yeah, that's what I would see. Have it almost like a replacement of either the Senior Bowl or one of these other mostly meaningless all-star games and have your best all-star team play the team with that would have the first overall pick and see what happens. I mean, I think it would be an excellent scouting opportunity for that team that has the number one overall draft pick to, has, to kind of take a look and see where the strongest points for these players are. The issue is, is there be a lack of continuity for those all-star teams? And you yep. could be looking at potential injuries. Well, true, but I mean, it's really a lack of continuity and stuff, how they have the senior bowl anyways. Plus, you could do it like right around the time of the combine. Possibly. All right, hold on. Let me get my fan fixed real quick here so that way I can get back into doing the show properly. All right. So with that being said, we move into I'm a Survivor now. And unfortunately, the longest active streaks in the season have ended at four games for myself and Jason as the Chicago Bears laid an absolute egg against the Oakland Raiders. All right, they didn't really I'm lay an egg. If you're with me. They didn't really lay an egg. Their defense gave it away at the end of the game, though. And the beginning of the game. And some parts of the middle. The (laughs) second and third quarter was great. The first and fourth quarter, that defense was shit. So, myself and Jason have tied for the lead at four weeks. Eric is sitting on a three-week winning streak right now. He can tie us if he gets this one correct. Eric, you are ineligible to take the New England Patriots, the Los Angeles Chargers, and the Philadelphia Eagles. I was thinking about this, but looking at the different matchups and especially where with what's going on, I'm going to go out on not as much of a limb, but a little bit of one. I am taking Green Bay. Something about them with how things are clicking and coming off of that big performance against Dallas, knowing that they can really go back and begin to take a hold on the division and beating Detroit of all teams. I can see that. Jason, you have every single team in the NFL open to you for your selection this week. I am taking uh, uh, what I feel to be a guaranteed win. And I'm going with Baltimore over Cincy. (sighs) Brandon already claimed it. Brandon already claimed it in the group chat. 
For Baltimore? Yes. Because I actually originally claimed it, and since he's not here to pick somebody else, I'm picking someone else. Well, me and you, me and you both fell picking the same game last week, but I'll, I'll, I'll switch it up, and I will All take right. – I, I, you know what? I'm going to go – fuck it. I want to throw caution to the wind. I'm going to take the Redskins over the Dolphins. The who now? The team out of Washington over the Dolphins. I was about to say, I'm pretty sure their last name is the Redacted. <laughs> yeah, Brandon Brandon stole Baltimore from me. Thanks, Brandon. Dick. So I'm going to go ahead and take New England over the Giants tonight on Thursday Night Football. Just hmm. get, get, get the Patriots out of the way. Hmm. Well, I've taken Washington to get them out of the way, so I'm... Never have to pick them again. <laughs> well, the good news is even if you get it wrong, your your winning streak resets to zero, which it's at right now anyway. So what difference does it yeah. make? I have nothing to lose taking taking the tank ball. That flyer was pretty dope though. I gotta give whoever created that flyer credit. That was that was impressive. The one that I shared in the group chat. That is like a poster for my room. Wood put on wall, just saying. All right, let's go ahead and move on here. Uh, so there are your four picks for I'm a Survivor this week. Baltimore, Green Bay, New England, and Washington, respectively. As I mentioned, if Green Bay, who was actually going to be my pick until Eric just took them. If Green Bay wins, Eric does tie the lead at four in a row. Brandon is currently sitting on one win in a row, so he can steal his other victories later on down the road, I guess. Exactly. Plus, remember, I also picked them in the chat, too, before Brandon picked Baltimore. And then I told you that I had them, and then Brandon picked them anyway because he wasn't paying attention. Exactly. Because you also told me me not to pull a Bisco when we were getting into Are You Serious? (laughs) Hashtag Bisco gone Bisco. Nabisco. Mm -hmm. Can we just call it Nabisco? Are we trying to get sponsored again? Because I'm totally cool with that. Right. I'm pretty sure. Let's move on. Let's go to get it together. Uh, Brandon didn't give me a get it together team. So yes, there you he go. Did. He did. Yes, he did. Yeah. Who? The Browns. I'm looking oh, at yeah. Yeah. yeah, he did, he did say the Browns. He did. Well, yeah. But in fairness, they got it together two weeks ago, and then they just lost it last week. Jesus, that performance against San Francisco was pathetic on Monday night. Shout out to Nick Bosa for the flag plant sack dance. I do believe we call that karma, Baker Mayfield. Mm-hmm. You better listen to them old heads, boy. They're trying to teach you something. Eric, get it together. Well, my get it together is a, a teeny bit of a Brandon special. As you know, oh, he's boy. not the biggest fan of the current college football playoff system. So he, he's been advocating, as I have in some ways, for a certain team, especially when they run the table, to really get better consideration, which is all fine and good. Except when they don't run the table, then you get into problem. When they lose a couple of games that they really had no business losing to begin with, that's when they get it into 
get it together territory. UCF. I gave you a little bit of a pass against it, but even though, yeah, I hate them too, and that was a power five school. But now you're starting to lose in conference to a team like Cincinnati, who credit to them for their UCLA win, but even what is really that meant? So now you've got Boise State and now SMU making the charge for your group of five New Year's Six spot. Really, UCF, between all the issues at quarterback and these things going on, get it together because, well, you're better than this. Not this year, they're not. No, no, no. I mean, the UCLA win means less than nothing at this point. The Bruins are one in five, and Chip Kelly's probably getting fired. I doubt it. Well, that he would be if I were the athletic director. <laughs> Cincinnati's actually ranked now on the grounds of their win over UCF. Special bonus, are you serious, coming up for that a little bit later on in the show. Dun, dun, dun. Dramatic reverb. Okay, let's move on. Jason, get it together. Well, my get it together is going to tie back to my stud and the comment I made earlier. How do you how do you spell Dallas with back-to-back L's? Yes, the Cowboys are in a tailspin with back-to-back losses. And I'm going to go out on a limb and say they're going to get their third loss in a row this week. That's my hot take. The Jets with the upset. I think um, I, I think that the Cowboys could be a team that could make a lot of noise. I just don't know where their head is. And if they lose three in a row, that seat that Jason Garrett's sitting on is going to start heating up quickly. It's there as much as everybody talked about Zeke and Dak and Dak's contract here. Dak has moments, but he needs a very good run game to let those moments come through. He still, even with Amari Cooper, can't win a game by himself. That's going to come into play in contract time. You better be prepared to sit down and hear a lot of Jerry Jones stories about his time in El Paso, if you know what I mean. Shout out to Michael Irvin, by the way. Playmaker all day, 88. I'm going to give an entire conference my get it together. So you like you mentioned Eric about how their UCF has been the Cinderella of the ball the last couple of years that they should have gotten a chance to go to the dance that they should have had the opportunity to play for a national title being undefeated on their schedule. Mm-hmm. Well, I can tell you right now there's one conference this year that won't have to worry about sending somebody to the college football playoff. And that conference is the Pac-12. There, yeah. are, there are 12 teams in the Pac-12. Two-thirds of them already have at least two losses six weeks into the season. And the ones that don't have two losses are Oregon, Arizona, Arizona State, and Utah. Three of those teams are in the same subdivision, which means there'll be at least one or two more losses hung on them. If you are the Pac-12 right now, you were absolutely 
praying that Oregon runs the table in the North and then wins the conference title because that is the only chance you have of having representation in the college football playoff this year. But even then, that's sketchy. The Oregon, the Oregon loss was to Auburn, who, God, I don't remember what they did this past weekend, Eric. Maybe you can help me out here. I don't want to talk about it. I what love those uniforms, but I don't want to talk about it. Mm-mm. Nope. No. Oh, yeah. They lost to the Florida Gators this last week, which means they're no longer undefeated either. Pac-12. Pac-12 North specifically, but Pac-12 in general. Get it together. Football after dark is fun. It's just not relevant. I am hoping for the cocktail party. I may actually have to do some things to try to get a ticket this year. I don't know. I don't want to know what you want to do for cocktails. I'll do it to myself here. Family show! about to say i was gonna let you sit for that one i'm gonna give that one to myself there and then we're gonna go ahead and move on are you serious all right so brandon's picks for are you serious is he's picking florida minus 13 and a half or plus 13 and a half at lsu uh i appreciate the vote of confidence brandon but even i'm sketchy about this one we'll see how healthy kyle trask is and go from there shall we Jason, since you decided to dramatic reverb for later on in the show with your pick for Are You Serious College Edition, why don't you go first? Uh, Actually, both of mine will be dramatic reverbs. Uh, One being, I'm going to take 10.5 points and take Sparty this weekend. Again? They are playing Wisconsin, I believe. (laughs) Yes, they're playing at Wisconsin. A three thirty kickoff. I'm gonna. I, I don't know why. I feel it in my. I feel it in my neither regions. It's got me all hot and bothered in my neither regions, and so that's why I want to take Sparty versus Wisconsin. I know it's. I'm not taking the outright win, but I'm going to take the points and try to get back on track and at least get the um, the cover. Do I oh, think you... it's a risky bet? Yes. Do I think it'll pay off? Not a shot in hell. But by God, we gotta have some. We gotta have a hot take somewhere. Jason, if you're counting on Sparty because that's getting you all hot and bothered in your nether regions, you really need to see a doctor. And this is coming from me. minus 13 points for Jason last week on Are You Serious? West Virginia didn't cover by half a point. The Giants, well, the less setting you have that game against Minnesota, probably the better for Giants fans. You can't beat Kirk Cousins unless the game is not of 1 o'clock. Eric, are you serious? Attempted stolen pick edition. Yeah, I, I tried because I was looking at a lot of stats at this one, and I'll back you up when the time comes, but avoiding going full Bisco because you never go full Bisco. When I, saw, when I saw what happened, I quickly rectified my mistake. So Did you say rectum? 
<laughs> Rectified, <laughs> not erected. Or erection. <laughs> Continue, Rectified. Eric. Damn near killed him. Anyway. Hi-yo! So, I went back to a strategy that kind of paid off for me last year, so considering my much better start to the season and bit of good luck, I'll go ahead and try this. From the conference that loves to give us the occasional bad beat, I, I hope to strike a win on this one. I'm down for some hardcore action, and I am taking Miami of Ohio for loss 13 against Western Michigan. Simply because I can. Miami of Ohio is coming off of a bye, I believe, which will play into their benefit as well. Yeah, and plus, I mean, if you look at the records, not to mention this is going to be a dog fight in the MAC West, considering as how well, look at the state of the MAC East, enough said. Yeah. The bottom 10 on ESPN.com pointed this out, and I'll point it out here as well. There is not a single team above 500 in the MAC East. There isn't a single team at 500 in the MAC East. I got to read the bottom 10 for this week. And just as a side note to set up Harry's pick, I'm going to take, I'm also going to take as a, uh, a bonus pick. West Virginia is getting 10 versus Iowa State at home. So I actually I'm gonna, looked at that game. I did. I, I gave gonna, serious consideration to that game. I think I, I just want to give some insight on that. I think that that game is going to, I think West Virginia will win that game outright. I don't know if I'm that confident in West Virginia, but I definitely think they'll cover 10 and a half against Iowa State. Iowa oh, State. Oh, go ahead. Iowa State is coming off of a victory to get back onto the winning side of things over in the in the Big 12. I believe they just beat K-State last week, which is a big blow to Chris Kleeman's attempt to get K-State bowl eligible in his first year as their head coach. But I don't think Iowa State is as good as people thought they were at the year. I think that I and I think that Iowa Hawkeye loss is going to hang with them, but I do think that they'll I do think that they'll beat West Virginia. I just don't know that they'll cover 10 and a half. In on uh, I think because of the lack of everything with Iowa State, I mean, not just in the Cyhawk, but how they really started against Northern Iowa, I wouldn't surprise me if West Virginia bounced back and won that one outright. All right, Harry, me and you are on opposite sides of the fence. Do you want to put a bonus pick wager on that game? I take can- I'll take West Virginia straight up. I mean, what happens if West Virginia covers but doesn't win? I'm taking West Virginia straight up. Then I'll take the L. So you're going to give me the 10 and a half? I'm going to take it's going to be a straight up. You're taking Iowa State straight up. I'm taking the Mountaineers straight up. We can play. For a bonus, for a bonus pick, in are you serious? Well, we can't really do extra points because that's not fair to Brandon and uh, Brandon and Eric. But what we could do is 
if West Virginia beats Iowa State straight up, I'll change my Facebook profile picture to the West Virginia logo for three days. Uh, if they don't, I'll change mine to the Florida Gator logo for three days. Works for me. We can do that. Eric, you have officially witnessed. I have indeed. Okay, there you go. We shall set that up for this week. We'll, we'll change it on Monday. Go Monday to Thursday since we usually record on Thursdays now. Fair enough? Sounds good. All right. Now my pick, since we're already talking about the Big 12, I'm going back to Red River where Texas is getting 10.5 against Oklahoma. These games are historically close. As we talked about earlier in the show, it was a walk-off last year for Texas and Cody Dicker, the kicker. I don't think Texas wins this game, but I don't think it's a blowout either. Longhorns cover the 10.5. I'm going to tell you right now, if you're going back, I want to say to all the way to 2013, with this spread, and in a half, the underdog would have covered all but once. That's exactly why I was heavily, and I wish I had called it first, because I am right along with you. And even with Jalen Hurts, we saw last year, I know Oklahoma's hungry, but with all the talk of Texas being back and with what happened against West Virginia, where they normally play poorly the week before Red River, it wouldn't surprise me if Texas won again. It wouldn't. Oklahoma didn't exactly light the world on fire against Kansas either. No. They were trailing for a good portion of that first quarter. Now, granted, they eventually pulled away and won that game, what was it, 42-10, to 10, I think was the final? Something along those lines. I want to say, yeah, 42-10. So, I'm not sold on Oklahoma being able to cover 10.5 here, and especially not on a neutral field. No, I wasn't either, and I was, saw this line Loading. It was 10, now a 10 and a half. I'm not so sure either. There's not a whole lot of money really, really flowing in Oklahoma's direction, and that's a reason. Bonus prediction. Not going to count for the standings, but I'm making it known on air right now. You know how I mentioned that Cincinnati became ranked after beating Central Florida? Mm-hmm. They're at Houston this week, seven and a half point favorites. Houston wins straight up. Mm. I don't know. And I, I'm aware of Houston's quarterback and running back basically quitting on the team. The same thing happened to Rutgers, by the way, because Rutgers. But I just, Houston's coming off of a bye week. Cincinnati's going to be overlooking them because of the 2 and 3 record. I think Houston wins a close game, 330 on on Saturday on ESPN2. But I don't I even put know. My, I put my money against Houston. Same here. I don't think Cincinnati's going to overlook Houston because now they're right with Boise State, who's playing Hawaii. They're right with SMU. That's a major, major chase for that group of five spot. Cincinnati wants to give themselves 
every end. Cincinnati already has a loss, though. Now, granted, that loss was to Ohio State, but it's still a loss. I still think you're going to take an undefeated Boise State or an undefeated SMU. Well, SMU and Cincinnati would play in the conference championship game if it came to it. Thank you. Okay, so I guess that could be enough to overthrow that Ohio State loss, especially if Ohio State actually makes the playoff playoff. Yeah, plus, again, the fact that they even get credit for playing Ohio State it's a loss, but you at least tried. <laughs> to answer your question, Jason, NFL picks left and then wrapping it up, yes. Okay. Let's go over to those NFL picks where we'll start with Brandon's because he didn't actually steal anybody's pick this week. He has San Francisco plus three against the Los Angeles Rams. I'm actually not surprised. San Francisco looked very good against Cleveland on Monday Night Football. The Rams have looked very not good their last couple of games. Specifically, the loss to Seattle on Thursday Night Football last week, two weeks ago. Yeah, that was one another one of those ones that I was really looking at, and I was like, hmm. for, this, for those listening at home and listening whenever you are able to do so, by the time these lines were projected, by the time the lines were out for when we did the show, there were only three games that were listed at plus seven or higher in the NFL. Usually we aim for like the four line. Most of the games were on the three, three and a half line. So once again, for this week, we had to drop to the three line in order to do the NFL already series predictions. As we get further into the season, unfortunately, it's looking like the numbers are going to be less and less. Therefore, it may end up being a line drop or it may just end up being a road upset prediction in the future, depending on what the lines do the rest of the year. We'll keep you guys updated as far as how that goes. Jason, you talked about it earlier. The game kicks off in 15 minutes. Make it official. I am taking the Giants over the Pats, getting 17. I think that despite all the injuries and everything, the Giants and Danny Dimes is going to find a way because Brady is going to look across that field, see Eli on the sideline, piss his panties, and realize he could never beat Eli in a Super Bowl. Fucking regular season, it really don't matter. But Eli will definitely be staring a hole through Brady. Brady will have, I'll even go out on the limb. Brady will have less than 250, and he'll have 250 yards and one touchdown. Uh, uh, number one, regular season kind of does matter because... Shut your whore mouth, you black son of a bitch. <laughs> the views and opinions of Jason Teasley do not necessarily reflect those of the Rattlish Broadcasting Network. Well, look at you, Irish motherfucker. It's not my fault that the... God one- damn it. <laughs> the one year they went 16-0, and 0, week 17 was a 38-35 win against your Giants, if I remember correctly. And I was going to give you some credit because under the history of Thursday night football, the Patriots are the biggest Thursday night favorites ever. I was going to say something, but no. Now, I'm glad that I had my old Canadian friend go ahead and bet a few overs on those Brady props. 
Okay. Real quick, let me throw this out there as well for you listening along and thinking, hmm, maybe Jason's on to something. You're not going to hear this in time to bet the game anyway, so it doesn't matter. But still, maybe Jason's on to something. Maybe Jason knows more about the Giants than I do. Maybe I should take them. Jason is 0-2 straight up, 0-2 against the spread, minus 23.5 points picking the Giants this year. Read into that what you will. Eric, are you serious? Now, for this one, I've got two picks. I'm going to give you my official one. Because we talked about this earlier with the tank poll. I know that they would really try to mess this game up. I understand that. But when you have an offensive line coach being promoted to the interim, an organization in shambles, they're trying to move. Everybody's calling for multiple heads, and you have no clue of what you're doing at quarterback. That is way too much dysfunction. I don't think they're going to try to win this game, but it wouldn't surprise me with Miami being in full mode. They slip up, and they win this one. I'm taking the Dolphins plus three and a half. And then your unofficial prediction? My unofficial one, especially since it would not count because of the line. Cleveland and Seattle. That game opened up Seattle minus one. That's only been bet out to Seattle minus one and a half. Even with the absolute crap we saw on Monday night, this is a Vegas trap game. I straight up picked Seattle on Robert Foster's podcast this week. Yeah, this is again for this one. Whenever Vegas is pushing you, offering something way too good and unreasonable, they're trying to get you to bet easy money on this one. Go the other way. With everything we've seen, and they had that line that small, they want you to bet Seattle. Do not fall for it. Take the Browns. Sunday night football sees the Pittsburgh Steelers going out to the West Coast to take on the Los Angeles Chargers. The Chargers are currently six-and-a-half-point favorites in this game. I don't know why. I don't know for what reason. I'm beginning to question my own sanity for some of these predictions. I'll take Pittsburgh plus six and a half. With the... But... Okay. Okay. With with third string quarterback Devlin Hodge is the starter. Yes. Where the hell is he from anyway? Samford. Okay, the hell of a drug. Samford. And with that being said, let's take it home. It is time to wrap this up officially here. Real quick, before we do so, uh, your friend again, Jason, the one who did hosted the recording for us tonight. Uh, that would be Jesse Starcher, host of Source Material over on the Radledger Broadcasting Network. Much appreciated to Jesse for actually recording the show for us tonight and getting it up over on Radledger. It will eventually be simulcast 
on the W2M network as well. We will see what happens going forward. Emphasis on we think. Dun, dun, dun. If people are allowed to still play with us, we will, we will have a long, lengthy career. If we are no longer allowed to play with certain people, we have to make new friends and take our toys elsewhere. I'm just saying things are getting kind of weird for the show, and they've been heading that way for a while now. We hope to continue coming at you. We will still find a way. It just might not be from the positions that we used to before. Think of, it as, think of it as the Titanic when it's leaving port that first night. I have no better analogy to offer here, so I'm just going to go ahead into the wrap-up. Brandon, Tori, our condolences once again. Hopefully you guys feel better. I know what it's like to lose a pet. Just lost my cat last year. Was not fun. Was not something I recommend. Unfortunately, these things happen. But my condolences to both of you. Hopefully everything works out. And Brandon will be back next week. Eric, where can people find you online? Uh, at Squid Sports Head on Twitter. Uh, unfortunately, there was a now unfortunate lost episode of Soccer to the Mac, but I, I was submitting some materials so the lovely Rachel Krieger could uh, write up for Last Word on Soccer our joint predictions for the end of the NWSL season. And yeah, if anybody wants to donate to help upgrade my computer, please message me and we can work out a deal. Sponsorships. Jason, where can people find you online? Uh, before I get my plugs in, I want to plug again uh, a generous, huge thank you for my former co-host of from the Cheap Seats, Jesse Starcer, for stepping up on sh such short notice and being able to record this for us. Uh, go support him over on his podcast that covers all things comic books, source material on the Rattledge Broadcasting Network. Uh, I, I kind of take uh, pride in the fact that, you know, Jesse was really scared to get into podcasting and was really nervous to become my co-host on the Cheap Seats. Uh, he has grown to be a bigger and better podcaster than I ever could have been. And I'd like to think that I had a hand in that. And he's a great individual, very entertaining podcast. Uh, as you're looking for me, you can go fuck yourself. Or send me a message on Twitter at TurkeyGlue822. Well, I mean... I mean wait, 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 wait. Sorry, sorry, Eric. I'm going to cut you off here. Because was he afraid of doing podcasts or was he afraid of doing a podcast with you? No, I mean... <laughs> I mean, probably a little bit of both because me and Jesse okay. were, were friends. Uh, he kind of just... He, he, got, he got to step in. He, he was uh, supposed to be a a fill-in one day. Uh, he's a huge Cleveland Browns fan. And um, he, uh, he, he stepped up to play with me one night. He was really nervous about it. I told him it'll be fine. Just act like me and him was talking normally. And we shot the shit, recorded a show together. We had a third guy on, uh, you know, Robert Cooper, who, Harry, you may know. Um, I know Pete. Uh, Coop was Coop was my original co-host. Uh, he got a job and a girlfriend. Uh, kind of left me out to dry. Jesse stepped in, 
and me and Jesse ran with it. We've done many podcasts together. Uh, it it was an amazing run. Uh, the last time me and him shared a cheap seats podcast was God. It was it was 2016 during the Super Bowl halftime of the Super Bowl 2017. Uh, that was the final episode from the cheap seats. And like I said, he's went on to do an amazing job with his source material comic podcast. And he is the, he is pretty much Bisco times a hundred, uh, when it comes to anything podcasting, he's a producer, he hosts there. There's not enough great things I could say about Jesse as a podcaster and as a friend. So, uh, like I said, I really want to say thank you for stepping up on uh, like a 10 minute notice and being able to record this for us. And I mean, it's not just source material. I mean, you've got source material, Metal Hammer, Doom, EV Party Tonight. I mean, the Jesse, right along with Mark and the boys, they've got a wonderful lineup at Radlett. <laughs> and, and coming, tw- coming 2020, see. there will be a new show debuting on. The Rattledge Broadcasting Network. Um, it's a, it's about two assholes getting drunk and covering XFL and just having no one to rein us in. And mm. it will be called the Black Irish Podcast, and it will consist of myself and Eric with guest appearances, hopefully, by Harry. Uh, probably try to get Bisco on if he's allowed to come out and play, and he's not busy. <laughs> Uh, definitely, uh, Mark, uh, said that he wants to come on and talk. Uh, maybe I can get Jesse to pop in on a couple of shows. Cause you know, Jesse kind of loved podcasting when I got drunk and passed out on a few podcasts and said, fuck it and quit recordings as he puts his kid to sleep one night. God, that was an adventure. But yeah, I mean, uh, January, 2020 to look for the black Irish podcast. With myself and uh, Eric coming to the Rattledge Broadcasting Network. Uh, it's funny. I actually get to go and I have a connection with edibles. So I get to eat them, let them kick in, and do a podcast. Folks, stay tuned because, man, it's going to be epic. <sighs> and I'm... guess what we don't have to worry about? You don't have to worry about me yelling, family show! <laughs> that is correct. And with that being said, for Teasley... Hey, I haven't done my sign-off yet. You watch your mouth there, Teasley. <laughs> well, I was, just, I was just trying to get you to move along because you're stalling. H-E-B the Eagle on Facebook. H-E-B the Eagle on Twitter. Technically speaking, it is H-E-B the Eagle on Facebook, too. If you type facebook.com backslash H-E-B the Eagle, it'll take you to my page. But uh, H-E-B the Eagle on Twitter, which I admittedly barely use. Um, you can find me any number of other places. I just once again sat in with Robert Foster for Golden Point Sports to discuss the fallout of the Buffalo Bills-Tennessee Titans game and to preview game five of Atlanta and St. Louis. Yeah, about that. Man, that 10 up. runs in the first inning. <sighs> I got nothing. But yeah. Um, hopefully Bisco's back next week. I know for a fact that we as a podcast will be regardless for the absent Brandon Bisco being on assignment, as I understand it. 
Oh, uh, now you uh, do it. Uh, now you finally do it. <laughs> that's an inside I joke for the crew of the cast. That's all that matters there. I heard he's working in graveyard shift. Oh. <laughs> for Jason Teasley, Eric Watkins, I'm Harry Broadhurst. This has been the kickoff week six here on the Rattledge Broadcasting Network, simulcast it to the W2M Network as well. Available online on all of your favorite podcasts, favorite listening devices, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Spreaker, Podbean, CastBox. Hey, Aaron, guess what? Spotify is here. And we hey, out, bitches! We're supported by the Suicide Hotline. <laughs> Somebody end the recording. Make refreshing changes throughout your home this fall and save by starting with Lowe's. Add new appliances and get deals like up to 35% off select appliance special values, including a 24.7 cubic foot Whirlpool French door refrigerator, just $15.99. Show your home's true colors with a new coat of paint and save on top-rated one-coat paints from HGTV Home by Sherwin-Williams, starting at just $35.98 a gallon every day. Whatever projects you have on your to-do list, do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Appliance offer valid through 1023, U.S. only. Hi, I'm Jay Farner, CEO of Quicken Loans. 30% of Americans who are planning home improvements of $5,000 or more will pay for those renovations with a high-interest credit card. That may not be a great idea. A better idea may be to take cash out of your home with a Quicken Loans 30-year fixed-rate mortgage. The rate today on our 30-year fixed-rate mortgage is 3.99%, APR 4.08%. Call us today at 800-QUICKEN or go to rocketmortgage.com. Rate subject to change. Pay 1.25% fee to receive this discounted rate. Call for cost information and conditions. Equal housing lender. License in all 50 states. NMLS number 33. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky. Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.